In my first episode about homesteading, I covered a variety of topics to help point you in the right direction. I did not talk much about the specifics of homesteading, but I did lay the basic foundation for success. In this episode, I want to get down to some specific actionable tips that you can start doing today. Because after all, this is a lifestyle choice and it's going to take some time and a lot of hard work. But when most people start thinking about this, they don't even know where to start. But after this episode, you will be well on your way. So stay tuned for How to Start a Homestead, Part 2. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy, he has an earth shelter greenhouse, and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and believe it or not, this is episode 96, which is called How to Start a Homestead, Part 2. But first of all, I want to take a minute to emphasize something. I do not want my listeners to take this the wrong way because I'm not a gloom and doom type of person, but I truly think that our culture and our society and maybe even the entire planet is headed in the wrong direction. We are dependent on a global supply chain for our basic necessities. It has become painfully obvious over the last couple of years that we cannot depend on that supply chain because it is constantly disrupted by things that are far out of our control. And consequently, it is my opinion that we are being robbed of any sort of personal security. But one of the best ways to regain some of that security is to take steps to be in control of many of your resources. And one of the best ways to do that is to start a homestead. But in order to do that, you truly have to have the right attitude. Because if you're gonna manage many of your own resources, creativity and ingenuity are going to be your best friends and furthermore you can just never stop learning and this means you are committing to being a perpetual student for example it is not as simple as reading a book on gardening and off you go you have to consider your climate your growing season the soil type average sun exposure it's not as simple as building a chicken coop and tossing in some birds and hoping for the best. But being being successful as a homesteader means that you will acquire numerous skills over time. And you know, I've had my homestead property for over 25 years now, and I am still learning. I am always researching and reading about new topics. And I guess for me in particular, it helps that I have a blog, blog and a podcast But I also have about 250 books on my iPad 
on various topics from small engine repair to solar design and installation. And along with being a perpetual student, I think it goes without saying that you should educate yourself on a number of different topics. Because if you're interested in gardening, then learn as much as you can about gardening in whatever region you live in. If you want to raise chickens, then learn as much as you can about chickens. Because it pays to simply do some homework, especially before you spend any money. And if that's not enough, then take some classes and tours of working farms and homesteads. These days, it's certainly possible to find someone that does homestays and allows you to actively participate in their farm or homestead. So for example, it's much easier to learn how to process your own meat from someone that has done it before. Learning from a book is one thing, but interactive learning with live humans is another level altogether. And you can also find conferences and weekend seminars that focus solely on homesteading. And another fabulous thing that you can do that will keep you motivated and on the right path, and that is being a part of a community and maybe even having a mentor. You truly do not have to do this alone. And if you don't know where to start, then get some help from someone with experience. Because most homesteaders are more than happy to share their knowledge and skills. But once you set your mind to it, I cannot overemphasize that you must start doing something. Start out small and learn one new thing at a time. By far the best way to learn is to learn by doing. But I want to be absolutely clear about something. You will make mistakes. You will have failures. That is why you must start small. So if you want to raise chickens, then start with six or eight chickens and not two dozen. At least if you make some mistakes, your losses will be limited. But the benefit is that you will learn from those mistakes and improve your methods the next time. And you will be glad to know that it is truly no different with me. Because it was one thing for me to raise chickens when I was in South Carolina, but it was another thing altogether to raise chickens in the middle of the forest in Colorado at 10,000 feet. There was a huge learning curve on from the right breed to use, which ones could tolerate the cold, the extreme elevation, and not to mention all the things I learned the hard way about predator control. And as long as you're starting small, you should also start getting very, very comfortable in the kitchen. Because by far, one of the best ways to make yourself more self-reliant is to learn to cook from scratch. Learn to cook from a small list of basic ingredients, much of the same way your grandmother did. It is so inexpensive to bake homemade bread, to make soup, make homemade spice mixes, as well as many other things. And one other thing that I think is really very, very important is get comfortable with home food preservation, especially canning. I'm so surprised at the number of people I meet these days that have absolutely no idea how to home can foods. But this is another good example of how you can start small. So get some basic equipment, 
and start with the easy stuff. Try out a few things to build your confidence and don't wait until you have an enormous amount of excess produce from your home garden to start learning about home food preservation. Now, once you've tried out a few things and have gained some basic knowledge and skills, it's time to set some priorities regarding where you want to take this and how far you want to go. Because there are a lot of important questions to answer. For example, is it more important to you to first learn about gardening? If gardening is your priority, do you want to produce enough food to last you a good portion of the year? If that's the case, are you interested in learning about home food preservation? Do you want to raise chickens for meat and eggs? Do you want to raise rabbits for meat? Do you want to have fruit trees? Do you want to install solar? Do you want to build a greenhouse? Do you want to build your own home? Do you want to have bees and small livestock? Do you want to learn some basic construction methods? And this is just a small list of skills required to live a bit more independently, so you really truly have to think about this and set some priorities. And keep in mind, it is vital that you gain some basic skills prior to moving into a rural area where there are limited services. Because even after 25 years of living on my homestead property, it still takes an enormous amount of effort to get anyone up there to help me do anything. And consequently, out of necessity, I have just simply learned to do many things myself. And speaking of doing things yourself, another simple thing you can do is experiment with various do-it-yourself projects. Again, there is no better way to learn a new skill than active participation. So start with a simple construction project, for example. Build a simple chicken coop if you want chickens. Finish out your garage if you have one. And once you are on a homestead, having these kinds of skills will save you a significant amount of money. And while you are setting priorities and learning about doing a few things yourself, it's extremely important to decide if your present property is actually going to allow you to do what you want. So that being said, there are a tremendous amount of things that can be done on a quarter acre of land right in the middle of an urban area. In the right location and in the right climate, you can produce a tremendous amount of fresh produce. And there are tremendous numbers of options for having an urban micro farm. So just because you want to do some homesteading does not mean that you have to move. But while you're thinking about that, it's important to carefully evaluate your present property. Because each property will have its own unique strengths and challenges and if you do not own the property where you presently live what are the limitations of what you can do while you are there and if you own the property how much do you want to invest if you are considering a move later on and one important thing you have to do is just to look at the size of the property and any potential restrictions because a smaller property will be easier to manage but you may have limits on what you can do. You can have a tremendously productive garden in an urban area, but you're most likely going to have limitations on raising small farm animals. And that is where a larger property in a rural area becomes advantageous 
But then again, that means a little more responsibility. And that is certainly one of the things that I know from experience because I have 46 acres in the middle of the forest, but there's actually a good portion of my property that I rarely see. And so that's where it becomes important to evaluate the type and the size of property that you want because you want something that you're going to be able to take advantage of the property as well as perhaps give yourself a little bit of a buffer zone from neighbors if that's not something that you want to deal with. Now, depending on what you want to do and how far you want to take this, even the state that you live in makes a huge difference. Because location is extremely important, especially when it comes to homesteading. And no matter how self-reliant you really want to be, you still have to comply with local laws and regulations. And in some cases, local laws could completely destroy your dreams of self-sufficiency. And in other locations, they may work tremendously in your favor. And consequently, there are several factors that I want you to consider. And one of those is rebates on renewable energy because there are both federal and local rebates. And while the federal rebates are going to be consistent throughout the nation, some states have much larger rebates than others. And these rebates may in fact make your solar installation much more financially affordable. And if you have a large solar array and are producing more electricity than you need, then are there local net metering laws in your favor? So what this means is whether or not you can sell your excess electricity to the local power company. And some states have terrible limitations while others work in your favor, which is another factor that will make your solar much more affordable. And something else to consider if you want to live off the grid like I do is whether or not you are actually allowed to do that. Because in some places, it is actually illegal to be disconnected from the grid. And if that's what you want, then remember you're not going to be able to take advantage of any net metering. And also, being disconnected from the grid may in fact affect whether or not you can even get homeowner's insurance because most insurance companies will factor that in as an increased risk. It is also important to look at local homesteading laws and property taxes, because in some states, property taxes are extremely high, and it may not even make it affordable to own a large piece of land. And other states have tax exemptions for homesteads, because your property is your main asset. So, and once again, things such as this just simply work in your favor because it can drastically reduce your operating costs. And if you want to live remotely and have children, you have to consider the practicality of homeschooling and whether or not that is allowed in your state. And while you're looking for the best location, you always have to consider the local climate and availability of natural resources for any land you're considering for purchase. For example, land may be cheap in parts of Arizona, Nevada, Texas, and other states, but land is typically cheap for a reason. And often it is inexpensive 
due to limitations in natural resources, especially water. And while you will likely find less expensive land in colder lo locations, your growing season is often short. And warmer, more humid locations have a much favorable growing season, but they tend to be much more prone to natural disasters. For example, the coastal states may be more favorable for farming and homesteading, but you're also more prone to extreme weather events and flooding. So if gardening and raising animals is of interest to you, then I would strongly recommend taking a look at the USDA hardiness zone map because zones 6A and 8B are gonna be more favorable for homesteading. So another question you have to ask yourself when it comes to homesteading is whether or not a sense of community is important for you. And if not, then local schools, farmers markets, road conditions and maintenance may not be important to you, but if you envision a small close-knit community where people actually help each other out, that is going to make a difference in where you purchase some property. And while you are investigating various states and locations to go homesteading, then, you know, depending on your financial resources, it may be important to find out whether or not you can qualify as a farm because many states provide tax benefits, rebates, and even tax deductions for feed, seed, and equipment. And in some states, that's very easy. And for example, in New Jersey, only requires that you have five acres and you sell an average of $1,000 annually in order to be considered a farm. And in other states are much stricter, so it's very, very important to check your local laws. And lastly, one extremely important factor that many people overlook, and that is of personal safety. There have actually been several times since I've lived on my homestead property that I have injured myself. And fortunately, none of those injuries have really been serious. And furthermore, the area where I live is considered a no rescue zone in the winter. So if you also, you also have to look at the availability of medical services. And not only that, if you live more remotely and have a homestead, it is going to be much more difficult to evacuate in the event of an emergency. So I'm just saying that I know from personal experience that if you prefer to live more remotely, there are some valid safety concerns that need to be considered. Now, when I started this two-part series about homesteading, one of the things I started uh, or stated in the very beginning is that this is a lifestyle choice. And with that choice comes advantages and disadvantages. Yes, this kind of lifestyle is a lot of work at times, but it also brings an incredible amount of personal satisfaction, personal freedom, and even personal security. And I think all of those things are important, especially today, when how our world functions seems to change on very short notice. And at least when you are in control of a great deal of your personal resources, you are somewhat insulated to some degree from all of those unexpected changes. I truly cannot overemphasize 
that many of the things that will make you a successful homesteader has to do with managing your personal affairs such as your money. If you have personal debt, then work on paying it off, or at least reduce it to the point that it's not a significant deciding factor in how you choose to run your life. And along the same lines as managing your money, I also strongly recommend developing several streams of income because this is something that I have been successful at for over 20 years and having several streams of income will give you an extra layer of insulation against financial difficulties. And beyond that, become a perpetual student. Never stop learning. I truly think that the specialization of our civilized world relegates most people to a very narrow set of skills. And consequently, most of us have completely forgotten how to actually take care of ourselves. And becoming a homesteader and managing a huge portion of your own resources and being more self-reliant gets you back in touch with the fact that everything you do and everything you choose not to do has some consequences. So instead of depending on a huge infrastructure that you cannot control, learn to do some things for yourself. And the best part for me is that I speak from firsthand experience. I've been doing this for many years, and honestly, I wouldn't live any other way. And if that is something you want to accomplish for yourself, then there are some very specific things that you need to do. First and foremost, do a reality check. Learn what homesteading is about and determine if it is for you. Because remember, this is truly a lifestyle choice, not a weekend hobby. Look closely at your present life and lifestyle. If you are in debt, then pay it off. If not, then pay it down so that it is not a significant deciding factor in how you decide to live. And by the way, this is something that you should do whether you decide to be a homesteader or not. Strive to simplify your life as much as possible. Reduce your responsibilities and obligations. If there are things in your life that do not produce any value, then simply get rid of it. You will be all the better for it. It's very important to remember that if you're going to commit yourself to doing this, then you are committing yourself to being a perpetual student. So learn as much as you can about homesteading and being self-reliant. Make some new friends that are already homesteading. Visit some farms, take some classes, and attend some seminars. And remember, just start small and learn some basic skills before you make any kind of move. Set some priorities for yourself. If gardening is your thing, then learn as much as you can and start a garden. If you want to start with chickens, then get maybe six or eight. Remember, the best way to learn is by active participation. You will make mistakes and you will have some losses, but if you start small, any mishaps you may have will not result in significant losses. And once you do a few things and take a few small steps and learn some new skills and get a little bit of taste for being more self-reliant, then evaluate your present property 
and decide if you can do what you want to do in your present location. And if not, and you want or need to move, then keep in mind that where you go really truly makes a huge difference. And in the end, you also have to consider whether or not you want to live off the grid and the laws surrounding installing solar as well as net metering. Become familiar with homesteading laws at any location that you're considering. Look at your property tax rates. Decide if you want to live in or near a small community or if you want to be more remote. Look at the local climate and availability of natural resources. And consider whether or not your homestead could qualify as a farm. And finally, you have to consider your personal safety and the availability of medical services in the event of an emergency. So if you have been listening to me for a while, you likely know that I'm not really a gloom and doom type person because I just tend to be a little bit more pragmatic. But I must say that in our ever-changing world, I think it is quickly becoming truly important that all of us try to be as self-reliant as possible. And learning some basic skills of self-reliance is truly valuable in and of itself, but if you follow through with the natural extension of that and actually start a homestead, then you are well on your way to to becoming far more self-reliant than most. And in my opinion, there is no better way to protect your personal security. So to wrap things up here, folks, my last bit of advice about starting a homestead is to just remember that this is not going to happen in a day. It's, it's going to be a process. It's going to be a lot of hard work. But remember, you are trying to establish a lifestyle that will give you a great deal of personal security and personal freedom. So in the process of doing all of that, just don't forget to enjoy it and have some fun. Well, folks, that is it for now. I truly hope you will join me next week for another episode. But for now, this is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. Always remember to live sustainably, because this is how we build a better future.